You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 57 of the Aging Starts Now podcast. I'm Chris Johnson, an attorney and partner here at Tegas McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today, we are talking about end-of-life conversations and the importance of having that conversation with your loved ones. Joining us today is Dr. Kim Fisher. Dr. Fisher is a board-certified physician, anesthesiologist, and an advanced care planning coach in Denver, Colorado. She helps families feel reassured, prepared, and empowered to navigate the end-of-life issues with confidence. Dr. Fisher is passionate about enabling advocates to speak for their loved ones from a place of clarity and conviction. She is currently facilitating meaningful conversations with families throughout the country and is accepting new clients. Welcome, Dr. Fisher. How are you? Thank you for having me, Chris. I'm doing really well. Well, we're very glad to have you. And I think what what our listeners want to hear, what we all want to hear is, what exactly is an advanced advanced care planning coach? Yeah, so I facilitate conversations for families to help them communicate what their values are, what their wishes are, and what their goals are for their medical care at the end of their life. And so advanced care planning is really a process. And the most important part of that process is the communication that takes place. So I help advocates listen to their loved one's wishes and at that end of that conversation be able to feel that they have enough knowledge and understanding to say, I can stand up and speak for you. I love you. I hear what's important to you and I'm ready to advocate for you in the future. And and that is wonderful. It's surprising. I'm sure you see a lot how surprising it is that people put someone in charge of their healthcare decisions and then don't communicate with them what they actually want. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And unfortunately, in my experience as a physician working in the operating room and in ICUs, I have repeatedly seen I have repeatedly seen families come in and have no idea what their loved one's wishes are and come to learn that, oh my goodness, they're the person on the document that's supposed to be making decisions. And And that's got to be very uncomfortable for you and the other operating room staff because, I mean, I I assume you guys very badly want certainty and clarity. What, What is it like to see a family have that debate right in front of you? It's truly tragic. You know, you want a family to be able to be there with their loved ones, be there be there by their side and be able to speak up for them and know what their wishes are. You want to be able to watch them make treatment decisions that they know are in line with the kind of medical care that their loved one wants. And when that doesn't happen, what I see 
in front of me is a family that is burdened and a family that is feeling tremendous guilt and shame for not knowing what to do and is also struggling to make treatment decisions. So in some sense, we're kind of paused and not doing anything. And there's a real potential that an individual is suffering there as well as the family member who's trying to make the decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love when you use the term values. A lot of people don't think about that and don't understand that when you're carrying out someone's wishes, that's what you're doing. People's final wishes on these types of decisions are very much tied to their personal values. And, And that's one of the best ways you can honor them and honor their life is to make sure the values that they hold dear are executed. Uh, I don't think there's a, a better way of putting that. Um, so what happens on your side when, when they don't have a health care power of attorney? What do you guys do under those circumstances? Sure. Well, in general, I think treatment decisions after kind of things have been stabilized and the emergency is attended to, I do think future treatment decisions get delayed. And so there's always an attempt to find an adult child, a spouse, a friend, someone that would have known what an individual's wishes are. And occasionally that can't happen and you'll have an ethics board be involved. I think the real point is if is that if you do not appoint someone to advocate for you, then no one is going to be available to honor your medical wishes. And likely you're going to receive care that is not aligned with what you would have wanted. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I love I love the term advocate as well, because that's what they are. They're, they're there to say these are their wishes and we want to see them through. Now, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. What happens if we have only two kids present and they are at loggerheads? They disagree with what the treatment plan is. Then what do you guys do? Mm-hmm. I mean, this unfortunately happens a lot. You know, emergency situations don't always bring out the best in us. And a lot of times um, we have families that aren't able to agree. And I think sometimes that comes from not having had a clear conversation and also not having had a conversation that was recorded. And so what I actually encourage people to do and what I do as a coach is videotape the conversations that I have with my clients and or videotape the conversation that you have with your loved one so that in the future, if there is a bit of question, both of those kids that are sitting there can go back to that video and say, what did mom say? What is important to her? And the physicians can watch that as well and help guide treatments based on what that person said. Unfortunately, if there is no video recording, the team that's caring for this person is going to try to suss out to the best of their ability what it is that that individual would have truly wanted. And I think, again, in the case of not having an advocate, in this case, having two children that are both fighting can also delay care and delay the kind of treatment that this individual would want because they're not coming to agreement. So having had a videotape, an audio of someone saying exactly what is important to them and what they value can really prevent that that aggression and anger that can happen in a family when they do need to speak for their loved one. 
That's right, because, I, I, you know, a lot of it, it sounds like common sense, but people don't think of it that way. But this is probably one of the most emotionally charged events anyone can ever face in their life. And I think we all know from experience, the higher the emotions, the, the less that the rational side of our brain works. And would you agree? I would. And, you know, I've seen this play out in two ways with those emotions that, uh, in the way, unfortunately, recently I had a, a patient that um, the family was really struggling to make a decision for their loved one. This was a patient that they were trying to decide if their loved one would have wanted a particular procedure. And unfortunately, this, this person could not speak for themselves. And so this very loving family gathered around this woman was trying to make the best decision that they could. And there were so many different opinions about what she would have or would not have wanted. And it was causing tremendous strife amongst them. And you could see it. And you also knew that whatever decision was eventually made, they were going to question it and wonder if it was the right thing because they had never asked their loved one what was important. And I contrast that against a beautiful situation where a, a patient of mine, when I was early in my training, had had a stroke. And prior to that stroke, she had had very clear conversations with all of her family members about what mattered to her and what a joyful life looked like. And so when they were in the position to make decisions for her and speak up for her, it was very easy for all of them to know exactly what it was that she would have wanted because she had repeatedly told all of them and in addition, had written some of it down in her own words. So I can see how at that emotional time, they were able to be loving family members and not question what was happening, as opposed to the first story I told you where those family members who did love this woman were really struggling and struggling with each other to do what was right. Yeah. And, and I think all, all of us who were involved in these processes have those stories. I know I, I had a client who they wanted something very unique in their healthcare power of attorney. And we were kind of going back and forth on it because I, the, the more unique, the more it stands out. I don't want the medical providers, the healthcare professionals to have pause when they review a document or have their legal department review a document. And so we were kind of going round and round. I was trying to understand. And then they shared with me these words that it just it almost haunt you. Uh, and they said, listen, I was the healthcare power of attorney for both my parents and, and both my parents ended up in situations where treatment needed to be withheld. And they, and they looked at me in the eye and they said, I know two things are true in this world. I know I made the right decision for both of them. And I know my siblings have never forgiven me because mm. they, the, wishes were not adequately communicated with all the children. And I share that story because of the positive one you just shared. It's not enough just to share it with the person you put in charge. But remember, they're going to be left behind to answer for the decisions made. And so the people around them have to understand that as well, even if it's just I've given my wishes to this person and they are going to make the right decision, but something, because that was a devastating thing to hear. Hmm. And, and Chris, you know, I, I love that you share that story about that client. And I wonder how that person would have felt had the conversations that they had had with their loved one be videotaped because then they knew they were acting out 
and speaking for their loved one in the right way. And then you could go ahead and show that video to the other people that were questioning it to also give them a little bit of relief. And that's why I advocate for that as well. Videotape these conversations or at least get the audio so that you can for yourself and for other people that may be struggling all hear what it is that your loved one really values. That's right. We have this technology at our fingertips and, and sometimes we don't leverage it enough, mm-hmm. do we? Mm-hmm. Correct. So when should people have these conversations with their families? When is the right time to sit down and lay this stuff out? Today. <laughs> Today is really the best time. And I say that because I have, in my experience working in the hospitals, many times encountered a family that has said, oh my goodness, my dad had a heart attack today and I wish I would have had that conversation with him yesterday, right? We don't know what's going to happen to us and obviously we're all at different stages of health. I encourage people who are young and healthy to have these conversations as well as people that are aging. And the reason is, is that we all want to receive care that's in line with our goals. And the only way to do that is if the people that are advocating for you know and understand those goals. And so have the conversation today. You know, my husband and I talk about this frequently now. Um, And it's not even just the conversation about how do you want to live at the end of your life? It's also a conversation about how do you want to be celebrated? You know, as a part of my service, that's how we end. And we talk about how we want our funerals to look and to feel and how we want to be remembered and what music we want playing and what food we want served. And I have this conversation with my husband and I feel very comforted to know that he knows what's important to me. And I also feel tremendous relief knowing what's important to him. Yeah. And and people don't realize that tomorrow is never promised. And Mm -hmm. it is, I mean, you're, you hit it right on the head. You need to talk about these things. Now I I had someone come into the office and they were, I think 88 years old, if I remember, and they were putting together documents. And I, I always ask every client, I say, you know, why, why are we doing this now? Uh, Because sometimes that paints a little picture, gives us a window into what's happening. And they looked at me and they said, it's about time. It's about <laughs> time I got my estate planning documents squared away. And, you know, you're, you're like, yes, it is. It is about time. And they kind of chuckled. They knew they were a little behind the power curve. We had a good laugh about that. Mm-hmm. But it, it was definitely time then. So these conversations, and I, I think this probably is something that a lot of people want to know out there, is these are not easy conversations to have. They are delicate conversations and they're hard things to talk about. No one wants to talk about what happens if your parent is going to pass away. And so how do people start these conversations? How do you break the ice on something like this, especially if you have a, a mom or a dad who maybe is a little reluctant to talk about it? Sure. You know, I see reluctance all the time. I've worked with clients that Um, it's an older aging individual themselves who really wants to have this conversation and their adult child and advocate doesn't. I've seen the other way around where it's an adult child who really wants to speak to their parent um, or their grandparent because they know they're one day going to have to talk for them. And 
it can be hard to, to start that conversation. You know, I have found that if you ask for permission, sometimes that's helpful. So, you know, something along the lines of, well, I've been thinking about, you know, what would happen to me in an emergency situation. And I realized I might one day have to speak for you. And I wonder if we can set aside a time to, to really speak and for you to tell me what's important to you. I think asking for permission is a nice way to, to have this conversation, to kind of give someone a, a chance to prepare I also have found that some of my clients have, have come to me because their loved ones don't want to have these conversations. And I think inviting a facilitator in, inviting someone neutral in who can lead the conversations and lead the conversation and ask the questions can also be extremely helpful. It takes the burden off of everyone and everyone in that conversation can be a participant and be invited to share what's important to them. Um, I think, you know, you might have to try to have this conversation more than once. And I think it's a valuable exercise to kind of keep asking and bringing it up. The other thing that I always say is important and something I hadn't touched on was we fill out documents and, and some people feel that they have checked the box and that they're prepared, so to speak. And I warn people that the documents in terms of advanced directives are there to document a conversation. So if all you have done is filled out a document, you have not done enough to ensure that your wishes are honored and to also empower your advocate to speak for you. Well, and I cannot tell you how much we love to hear that, Kim, because the that's exactly what we tell our clients is Having they'll ask us all the time, well, isn't a living will good enough? And, and we'll say, no, you want to have that advocate. You want to have that person in the room who is advocating and coming back to what you started this whole conversation out with, advocating for your values, advocating for your wishes. And, and a piece of paper, the four corners of the document, just cannot do that alone. Um, and I think more and more people are coming to that realization. Yeah. And, and that's where having someone facilitate the conversation who knows what questions to ask is also really important. And, and that's what I do as a coach really is having worked as a physician for so many years in the hospital and seen what families don't know and need to know. I've formulated a service that makes sure that those questions are always addressed in the conversations that we have. And so you can also feel really reassured walking away from this conversation that you have hit the important points and that you're ready to advocate for your loved one. And the other thing to remember is that this conversation doesn't happen once. I think of it like your taxes. You definitely have to address it once a year because maybe <laughs> your advocate is no longer around or is not available to advocate for you. Or really, maybe your wishes and values have changed, right? As we age and as we encounter new medical issues in our own bodies, things may change about what we value and right. what we consider a good life. And so this is a real continued conversation. And sometimes the things we fear 
like having this conversation are actually not that bad once we start it. And I've found that these meaningful conversations actually allow people to live a lot more fully now because they're reaffirming for one another how much they enjoy each other's company, how much they love each other, what's important to them. And so when they're engaging in those activities that they've already said are important to them, I find them more meaningful for themselves and for their loved ones. That's it for today's episode. To learn more about Dr. Fisher's work, you can visit her website at www.theacpcoach.com. That's www.theacpcoach.com. We will also put that in the show's notes. Thank you for listening. Takeus McGinnis is a life care planning firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of the Aging Starts Now podcast. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Takeus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 